0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Screaming in Silence podcast, a comprehensive guide to life. For most of us, severe pain is thankfully a fleeting experience, but for some, like myself, it's a permanent companion. For the past 25 years, everything I've done or experienced has been accompanied by chronic pain. Yet, to the surprise of most, I consider myself one of the luckiest people alive and I'm thankful for this journey. Through this podcast series, I'll share with you my story and the insights I have gained that have allowed me this perspective. In the foreword of Gregory Hayes' 2002 translation of Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, we are introduced to a brief history of Stoicism, to help us better understand Marcus's writings to himself. For me, the most valuable section was the explanation of the three disciplines, fundamental to both the philosophy and my journey. Gregory identifies these three disciplines, perception, action and will, as a comprehensive guide to life. Upon reading meditations, it became apparent to me that I'd been using them successfully for the past 25 years. Knowing how well they've worked for me, I felt it would be of great benefit to anyone struggling, be it with chronic pain or otherwise. Before we dive into greater detail on these disciplines and how we can apply them in today's modern life from when they were first developed over 2000 years ago, we need a little background on how the Stoics saw not only the universe, but how we fit into it. Probably the most important belief in Stoicism is that the universe and all its contents, including your life and mine, are organized by a force in a rational and coherent manner. The name that they give to this force that controls and directs everything is the Logos, and it acts on all aspects of the world we know. In the universe, it is the force that organises how everything came about and works together. In our lives, it is what we know as the power of reason. As all events are planned by the Logos, it would appear that there is no free will or individual responsibility, but Gregory tells us that this didn't sit well with the Stoics. Instead, they view free will as the ability to accept what happens, or to not accept it. We are given a way of looking at this as such the individual is like a dog tied to a wagon that is moving. The dog can either choose to run alongside the wagon or be dragged along by it. So, while the Stoics viewed life in a way that everything was planned, we had a choice, via our actions and thoughts, to be a part of this or to be dragged along unwillingly. I mentioned in the last episode how I have been called Stoic in the past, and I'm sure many of you too have been called this. The use of this word has closer ties to what is known as modern or Roman Stoa as opposed to early otherwise known as ancient and middle Stoic belief the ancient Stoic era is placed around the time of its founding by Zeno of Citium around 300 BC the middle era placed around 150 BC with the modern era beginning in early AD Marcus Aurelius who was born in 121 AD, is probably the most recognized student of modern Starkism, but other important figures include Seneca the Younger and Epictetus. While the two earlier eras of Stoicism were Hellenistic in their style, being more of an abstract system of thought, the Roman era was more of an attitude towards life and how it should be lived. It is of course the modern Roman era that most people, including myself, think of when we consider the Starks and their practices and beliefs. The Stoics divided knowledge into three areas, logic, physics and ethics. Meditation only pays attention to the latter, with Marcus in book 1.17 thanking the gods for amongst many other things that he didn't become absorbed by logic chopping or preoccupied with physics. Now with the briefest ever background on Stoicism out of the way, we can move on to the three disciplines outlined before, perception, action and will. As stated earlier, Gregory Hayes, in his Ford claims that these three disciplines provide a comprehensive guide to life. This is quite a big claim, and no doubt not just his. To break life down into just three disciplines seems at first too simple and too shallow, but once we learn how they are applied, it becomes much clearer how these three are virtually all that is needed. Starting with the discipline of perception. I'm confident that by now all my listeners are aware of how much of a role perception plays in my journey. From the moment that I first found myself in this situation, perception has always been on my side. We learn in Marcus's writings that he constantly reminds himself to view events and objects dispassionately for what they are, that he doesn't give them inappropriate values, for example, good or bad. Events or objects in life simply provide us with an impression, like my accident in 1997. This event itself carried no emotional feeling. It required my view of it to hold that value. I could have seen this as a terrible event one of great misfortune. We know, however, that this wasn't the view I took of it. From the first few days, I was feeling incredibly lucky to be alive, to have all my family and friends around me, to have had the level of care in hospital that I experienced. And as my new path began, I would continue to perceive this event in the same manner. This perspective has led me to where and who I am today. That is important. It wasn't the event that led me to where I am. It was my perception of it. If we take the complete opposite tact, had I become resentful, hurt, angry over it, could we now hold the event responsible for this? Of course not. It would be my perception of it. Events are not the problem Marcus tells himself. The interpretation we place on them is the problem, or the solution. It is therefore our responsibility to control our perception, to protect ourselves from harm. My father was a good man and I loved him very much, but in my adolescence he and I butted heads regularly. I was most likely not the easiest of children to raise. We argued lots and bad words were said by both of us to each other, sometimes resulting in physical confrontations. There were times that contact between us was broken for extended periods, both of us too headstrong to back down. But just like my perception of my accident has shaped me to be the person I am today, and I embrace that with, well, not both arms obviously, I too embrace the relationship I had with my father. The way our relationship was has also shaped me to be the person I am today. My perception of that event is a positive one, despite, no not despite, but because of the tension and anger that existed at times. I don't blame my father nor myself for the mistakes we both made, Instead, I view them as a critical aspect of helping me become who I am. This is the power of perception to me. Things will happen in life that don't go our way, that's a given. But how we perceive them is what defines them. Think about events that have happened in your life and how you frame them. The job you were fired from. The relationship that broke down. The loss of property through theft or destruction. The loss of a loved one through death. The chronic pain you are in. All these and more are just events. Whether they are good, bad or indifferent is purely up to the individual observing them. Perhaps that job you were fired from led to a new, better job. The relationship you thought was with the one instead faded away or was jerked out from underneath you led to you finding someone even more meaningful, or gave you opportunity to address behaviours in yourself that weren't to your benefit. You might think trying to find good in the passing of a loved one is a stretch too far. As I said in a previous episode, Maybe they were suffering terribly in the final stage of life and now they no longer are. Or maybe it made you realize how lucky you were to have them in your life as a result of losing them and it focuses you better to maintain strong, healthy relationships with those still in your life. Maybe it made you realize your own mortality and how important it is to live a life well lived. Even in the darkest moments, there is good to be found if you look for it. Perception is key no matter what happens. Because perception is the only way we have of viewing events. It is literally what defines them. It is a choice you have. We all have. The only question is, what choice you will make. The next discipline is that of action. This relates to how we interact with others around us, how we treat people. Its focus is on what we can control, our actions and thoughts. The Stoics believe that humans are social beings, and that as a part of nature, it is our duty to accommodate ourselves to nature's demands and requirements. Marcus writes in meditations many times, to live as nature requires. As they believe we are social beings, this requires us to live not only in cooperation with our fate, but with all other people as well. Many times, Marcus reminds himself that we are not made for ourselves, but for others, that our nature is one that is fundamentally unselfish. He also tells himself that in his relationships with others, he must work for their collective good and treat them justly and fairly as individuals. This might be easy to understand from the perspective of being a ruler, of being the most powerful man alive at the time as he was, but I feel that this is just as easy applied to all of us as it was for him. I have often looked at my own actions and asked myself, does this benefit everyone? One good method of finding the answer to this question is to ask myself, what would the world look like if everyone took this course of action? If the answer is not good, then it's safe to assume what I'm doing is not good. My application for this discipline is closely tied to my chronic pain. There are times, many times a day in fact, where my pain is testing me to my limit. Sometimes this can be frustrating if there's a task I want to complete or a pastime I want to enjoy. And this is just by myself. But as you know, I have children who need my attention and family and friends who want my company or help. It is a great test of my discipline of action to ensure that I do not let my frustration with the intrusion of my pain affect my interactions with those around me. My children need my guidance, my advice, they need my support. They need a father they know they can approach at any time with a request. My family and friends often need my support or just my company. For sure, there are times that maybe I can't deliver what they need, but that is for me to explain to them, not be short with them or shut them out. This is a discipline that at times can be hard to master, but thanks to my pain for being a constant in my life, I've had to work harder and continually at perfecting it, and it is a good feeling now to be able to use it even in the most testing of times. It also works in reverse for me as well. There are times where people have been short with me, rude or abrasive. My experience makes me consider the possibility that maybe there is something in their lives that is testing them right now and they are struggling to cope. Realising this has made me understand the gift of kindness, that instead of responding in like, being rude in return, I allow kindness or indifference to be my response. It may make their day better, but while I can't be sure of that, what I can be sure of is that it makes my day better. Not through thinking I'm a better person than them, not at all, but by not allowing their mood to affect mine. How does your mood affect others around you, your children, your family and friends? Have you come home from work frustrated with your day and allowed that to poorly affect your relationship with others? Did they deserve that? Have you been on the receiving end of similar treatment? How did that make you feel? How would the world look if everyone acted that way? Have you acted in a way towards someone because of how you were coping at the time, only to regret your actions later? I know I have, and I know I still will. No one is perfect, not even Marcus himself. Remember, he didn't write meditations as a book for others to read. He wrote it for himself, to correct behaviour in his life where he saw he could do better for himself and others. It's often been said that meditations does not talk of fun or enjoyment much, if at all, and it should be clear why. He knew how to have fun, to laugh, to enjoy life on that level. He didn't need to remind himself of how to do that. A lot of his journal entries were to remind him of his faults and failings and how he could be a better person how he could contribute to the good in the world. Making mistakes is human. It is to be expected. But it should also be expected that we do our best to learn from them, to correct our behaviour where possible. I think what's important to take from this discipline is what Marcus said. We are not made for ourselves, we are made for each other, to treat people as they deserve to be treated. Finally, we have the discipline of will. This discipline can be viewed in a way as a counterpart to the discipline of action focusing on what we cannot control. These are actions or events brought about by other people or nature. In the discipline of action, we should see that our actions cannot bring harm to others, or as the Stoics also see it, the Logos either, only to us through degrading ourselves with poor behaviour. By contrast, things that happen to us by others or nature cannot harm us, unless we choose to let them. Stoicism argues that when we allow harm to come to us from outside our control, we are questioning the benevolence and providence of the Logos, and degrade our own Logos too. So, it is important that when we face adversity that is outside our control, we maintain our will to not allow harm to come to us from this. Even in acts of theft or assault, we are required to not take harm from this, that the person who brought them upon us is the one to suffer through degrading themselves. Acts of nature, such as fire, illness, pain and death, once again can only harm us if we choose to view them as harmful, as laid out in The Discipline of Perception. This, of course, we should not do, as we should view events out of our control dispassionately and not apply inappropriate values to them. Instead, we should choose to accept them, as Epictetus said, through the art of acquiescence, the art of reluctant acceptance without protest. I mentioned in an earlier podcast that I didn't like the term accept. Instead, I preferred to use the term embrace. Hardly be it for me to argue of someone as well recognized for his philosophy as Epictetus, but cheekily I still prefer the term embrace. I went into detail at the start of this episode about the Logos and how the Stoics saw this. I wanted to do this because understanding the role of the Logos is critical to the next point of the discipline of will, as the Stoics saw it. You will remember how one of the most important doctrines of Stoicism is that everything is ordered in a rational and preordained way which means all events are planned in advance by this force, and as the Logos does nothing to cause harm, it must be good in nature. This also applies to events that we could see as unpleasant. Through the discipline of will, we have to accept that whatever happens has happened for a reason and must be viewed as good. Marcus writes to himself in Book 4.10 that every event is the right one. Look closely and you'll see. It should now be apparent where I'm taking this. If you have listened to my story, you know I see my accident and my journey with pain and disability as good. I have spoken many times of the gifts it has brought me, the lessons I have learnt, the people I have met, the children I have, the experiences I have received. You will know I live with unending pain, and you will know it is at the high end of the pain spectrum. And you will know I celebrate my life. I do not commiserate it at all. I spoke of what I learnt from a previous relationship that ended poorly, that I had no anger towards the other party that I chose instead to look at what I could do to ensure I didn't repeat the same errors of judgment. While the discipline of perception is very important, it is in my opinion useless without the discipline of will. This is about making better choices when faced with something we cannot control. We all face times in our lives when we feel powerless. It's these times that it is critical we work harder to find what we can control, and to exercise that control in a way that benefits us and those around us. I'm sure you are aware of instances in your own life where you felt powerless, we all have, and we all will continue to. But that does not mean there is no control to be had, it just means we have to work a bit harder for a better outcome. Is this a comprehensive guide to life as claimed? I guess that's up to your perception. For myself, well, I can't argue against the claim. I agree that events themselves carry no emotion, that they are just impressions, and there is no doubt that I agree that perception is how we value these impressions. I've spoken before on the difference between what we can and cannot control, how I can't control whether I am in pain or not, but that I can control how I react to it, how I act to others with it. For me, this is not only a guide to life, but also how I've naturally found my way forward through the past 25 years facing continual adversity. I'll finish this episode with a quote from Marcus for you to consider. From book 9.6 Objective judgment, now, at this very moment. Unselfish action, now, at this very moment. Willing acceptance, now, at this very moment. Of all external events, that's all you need. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you were able to take something away from it. To everyone that supports the podcast, I thank you for your contributions. As always, please do share the podcast with anyone you think needs to hear it. It's great seeing the audience growing and my story helping more people. If you'd like to help support the making of the show, you can do so by clicking on the link to my Patreon at onewingkiwi.com. I have some new developments coming soon, so I'm excited to get that underway as soon as possible. Until next time, take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon.